Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. And make some noise for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, worship team. Hallelujah. Hello, everyone. My name is Pastor Kaya, and I'm so thankful to be before you this morning and have the opportunity to speak words that are not mine, to be able to stand in a position that does not belong to me, to stand in the midst of a church and people that do not belong to me. Everything's borrowed, and it's borrowed from the Lord. Every gift, every talent that I may have, I don't care how it looks, if it looks good or it looks ugly, don't blame me because it's not mine in the first place. I'm standing in the midst of what the Lord has allotted me to have today. And I give all the glory and honor to the Lord today. And I'd like to honor my husband, Pastor John R. Butcher Sr. The R stands for sexy. I just want to bless him today. I don't know how homeboy came out of a heart transplant looking that good, but it happened. So I just want everybody to give, you know, give it up for that. You know, give it up for that. Because we didn't know how that was going to pan out. But everything's everything. Hallelujah. So, Pastor John, I just want to honor you today, sir. Thank you so much for shepherding me the way that you have and allowing me to step into the places that you've allowed me and coached me into. And so thank you so much, sir, for being my king, priest, and prophet. And I honor you today and always. I love you. I just want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mamas in the room. Man, give it up for yourselves. Don't even wait for these kids. Yeah, don't wait for these kids to honor you. We're going to honor ourselves. If we be waiting on these teenagers, we'll be waiting all year. We're going to honor ourselves today. We did that, y'all. Can we give it up for all the new mamas? Alyssa is in the house today. Alyssa's back there with her new baby. Nobody asked to hold the baby because she's not ready yet, y'all. She's not letting nobody hold the baby. The baby is new, new, so she's not ready. You, know how, you guys know how those first-time moms are. They're like, don't hold my baby. Let the third one come around. We're like, anybody want to hold these babies? Anybody. Anybody. It's her first baby. Don't, nobody asked to hold her baby. She's not ready. It's the first one. It's fine. I also want to give some honor to mamas who have, um, who have lost babies, to cribs that are empty and arms that are empty, but in their hearts, they're still carrying. And so I want to honor you today, mamas, and those mamas who may have sons and daughters that are incarcerated. Man, I honor you, mamas. Because it's like there's something about being a mama. Like, yeah, we can deliver the baby, but we don't start, stop carrying those, those little people in our hearts. We always carry them. Uh, I came downstairs. No, I came into the house yesterday, and my son was already dressed for prom, y'all. And I had a moment. <laughs> I had a moment, y'all. I was like, what's happening? He looks handsome, but why does he look like a man? Like, why... Is that happening? And it reminded me of the first day of school, and I kept, 
I remember uh, when he first, I mean, like, first went to kindergarten, first day, and I remember I was really trying to prepare him, you know? Honey, Judah, you're not going to be with mama all day. No, so what's going to happen is I'm going to take you to school, and there's going to be a teacher and some, some kids there, and you're going to make new friends, and they're all going to be excited to see you. And don't worry, everybody's going to be nervous, so don't worry. And mama's going to be there for a little bit, but mama's going to leave, and I'm going to come back. And I remember we were working on that, you know, all the weeks leading up, you know, just having these little talks over the mealtime and stuff. And so as the day came for kindergarten, and I took him in there, and he was playing around. I remember he kept looking back at me, and he playing, he looking back, and I'm like, Mama's here. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sneak out, like right when he's not looking. I still do this to my grandkids to this day. I'm like, I'm going to sneak out. Yeah. But um, I snuck out when, they weren't, when he wasn't looking, and um, I stood on the other side of the door because I was like, he's going to cry in a little bit, and so I'm going to have to go in there and comfort him. And so I stood there for about a good five minutes, and then I stood there for seven minutes, and then I... <laughs> And then I stood there for 10 minutes and then I peeked in and Judah was just playing with his new friends. And I'm like, hold on. So I walk in the class. <laughs> like, Judah, mom's leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> He's like, like, bye. <laughs> and so I left with the tissue that I had prepared for him. It was for me. You guys, and I cried all the way to the car because I didn't know how to let go of the child that I'm still carrying, you know? And I feel like that's so many of us, us mama's stories, you know? We're still carrying in our hearts and in our minds. We're still carrying, and these kids are like, let me loose. I got this. But I just want to honor you today, mamas, and... Um, you know, I, I feel like there is no coincidence that Mother's Day, Police Appreciation Week, Nurses Week, Teachers Appreciation Week, like it's literally all around the same time. Do you guys realize that? I feel like that is no coincidence because I feel like all these jobs, all those jobs, if you really think about it, all those jobs got some unruly clients, unruly patients. It's like, sit here for a second. Let me help you. Let me teach you. Let me heal you, right? I'm not sure if any of you guys know about Pastor John, but he's an MD. The MD stands for most definitely, but he feels that he is a doctor, okay? Homeboy, never went to, home, to uh, med school, but can't nobody tell him that disqualifies him. So e before every appointment, if you have, I don't care if you have a sore toe, if your ears have fallen off, he wants you to call him first because he's going to tell you what the doctor's going to tell you. And then he wants you to call him after the appointment and be like, what they say, told you. I'm the MD, baby. I'm the MD. <laughs> now, we're not quite sure why he knows this information. I'm not sure if it's Google. I'm not sure what, where exactly he's getting this, this information, but he was, a, he's a he was a radiology tech, okay? That does not make him a doctor, but he does not know that. Nobody told him. So he's not always the easiest patient because he walks into the doctor's like, I'm going to tell you what's wrong with me and then I'm going to tell you what I need and I'm going to tell you what medicines I need. That's how he walks in. And so these doctors are like, sir, sit still. Let me heal you. Let me do my job, right? I love to talk to some of our teachers here at uh, our ministry because some of them have students that come in knowing the Bible backwards and forwards. Right, Ramos? Yes. So 
some parents teach their kids the whole Bible. And so, you know, our little pastor Ezekiel, he came in knowing all the things. And so sometimes in class, he wants to tell the answers before the teacher tells the answers. And so at the end of each service, he's proud of himself for the answers he did not answer. He's like, did you see? I didn't give the answer. I waited and I let the teacher give it. And the teacher says, good job, Ezekiel. He's like, yep, I did that. But I knew it. I knew all those answers. And the teachers are like, Ezekiel, sir, sit still. Let me teach you. Can I please teach you? I don't know if you guys saw, uh, there's really funny videos going around. They're viral of police officers encountering drunk people. And drunk people are hilarious. They're hilarious. Like, they're, the, the police officers are trying to control the situation, but the drunk people still have the party happening in their head. Like, nobody told them, sir, you done left the party. It's happening in their head. The police is talking to them, but all they hear is, right? So police officers trying to communicate important, pertinent information, like, sir, I need you to please put the phone down, get your hand out of your pocket. They're like, hold on, let me take a picture. Right? Trying to, trying to, what do you call it, retain them or whatever. And they're, dude, the party is happening. Police officers have some unruly clients. And they're like, sir, can you please sit still and let me help you? Right, Lieutenant Hankins? He knows. He knows. And all of this time, I feel like it's no coincidence that it's all around Mother's Day. Like, the nurturers of nurturers, the teachers of teachers, the healers of healers, the ones that can come and change the atmosphere in the house in a second with one glance, those kind of mamas. It's all around that same time around Mother's Day and I believe that is no coincidence because we have the same kind of clients as all of those people and we as moms are saying sit still. And let me teach you. Sit still and let me heal you. Sit still and let me lead you in the way that you need to go. Revelations chapter 3 and verse 20 in the New King James, it says this. It says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. What's fine? I find interesting about that scripture is that Jesus is want, is standing at the door not to give a presentation, not to expound on revelations or eschatology, like he wants to sit at a table. And what I see in that scripture is I will come in and I will have relationship with you. And that's the picture of discipleship. But the question that we start off with is, why is he waiting at the door? Like, Jesus is Jesus. I know he knows how to walk through doors. He knows how to walk through walls. How do I know? Because he done walked in my room, I don't know how many times, delivered me a message, told me somebody's doing something they ain't supposed to be doing, or I'm doing something I'm not supposed to be doing. He knows how to reach us at any time, no matter where we are. Why? Because he's omnipresent. But this scripture says that I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone hears, hears, that sounds like discernment, hears my voice, sounds like there's other voices. 
and opens the door, which sounds like that's my job, then he will come in and he will dine and sit with me and he with, and be with me. One thing I love about this scripture is that we eaten. Like, guys, that's super important to me because it doesn't matter where we're going, what time we're going to be there, what time I have to wake up. It's like, but what are we eating? Like, that's super important to me. So I love the fact that the Lord has all that covered because I didn't have to ask him, are we eating? He said, yes, cool, let's do this. <laughs> so the door, I'm realizing, it represents our heart. What door is he standing in front of? Where is he waiting? He's waiting at the door of our hearts. Because so many things is already talking to our mind. How do I know? You're on social media. You're scrolling. Some of you are on your phone right now. Y'all have not a clue what I'm talking about or what I'm doing because you're scrolling through your phone. He's not talking about a mind. He's talking about he's standing at the door of our heart. And if anyone would hear discernment, hear his voice, not the other voices, and allow him into our heart, he will come in to our heart. He will sit and have relationship with us there. And so I'm trying to figure out, so if he's standing at the door and he's waiting at the door, I'm trying to figure out what will be the access point to me opening the door. Now, I wrote this message in 2017, which is really hard for me because that's the, day, the year that my mom passed away. I learned so many lessons during that time. I learned so many lessons. I was there for when my mom took her last breath. And you know the first thing I learned? The birds were still chirping. The trees were still swaying. Cars were on the freeway. And I'm looking around at this world like, guys, my mom, she just left. And the world, it continued. It didn't miss a beat. And that struck me because my world changed, but their world did not. And it felt so different, like a parallel experience was happening at the same time. I looked out of the window and people are just talking to each other. They're on the phone. They're laughing. They're, they're just communicating with one another. And I'm like, my mom, she just left this earth. And they've continued on like nothing has happened. I learned so much that year because I didn't understand how and how long was I going to have to be here without her. Like if somebody could give me a measure of time. Kaya, you got 10 more years here on earth without your mom. Cool. Destination set. I got it. But I don't know how long I'll carry this pain of missing her. How long the world's going to keep going on, not missing a beat without her. I learned so much that year. And the thing I learned the most was about honor. Because I didn't regret not doing anything with her. The only thing I regret... It's like, I wanted to honor her more. Like, if she was here, I would honor her more than I ever have or thought I was doing before. Like, I wanted her to come back just so I can honor her. That's it. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, it says this, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. So the Lord is giving us something which is a measure of time. He's giving us something, but he's telling us to do something to allow us to have sustainability. Do you realize that that scripture is describing sustainability? 
Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land. Do you want sustainability? Honor is the key to open the door. Our fallen nature, which is our flesh, which is contrary to everything in our spirit, tells us to not honor anybody but ourselves. You know what else our flesh tells us? They're going to have to earn my honor. They're going to have to go ahead and work for that. That's what your flesh says. But your flesh says honor belongs to you and don't give it to anybody. That's what our flesh says. Our flesh and our, uh, and our, our, our fallen nature, it equals our emotions, our feelings, our intellect, the way we reason. Um, it tells us not to honor other people. Our flesh fights submission. It fights love. It fights meekness. It fights humbleness. Everything about our flesh is saying me, 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 me. And that's all that matters. Everybody else does not. And I don't know how many times as a teenager I shared that emotion. And I don't know if I'm blaming it on, blame it on, blame it on being an only child. I like to, I like to do that because I feel like that's a safe place to, place to blame. Because then I can say, it was my parents. They did that. They created this monster. But instead, it actually was my fallen nature making itself comfortable in my heart for far too long that I'd say, Psh, I don't care, I don't care about anybody. Apathy was, should have been my last name. I cared about nothing and no one. And I kept feeling like, well, maybe if I had siblings, I'd learn how to, you know, care that somebody else is hurting. I'm like, I don't care, I don't care. I don't care if I ever see them again, I don't care. I do not care. Like, I was super skilled at that. It's a fallen nature attribute. It's, we come equipped with it, which is why we have to be born again into a new nature in order to let the old nature go. Galatians 5 and 17, it says, for the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. And so here's the thing. We don't consult our fallen nature when we decide if we're going to honor someone. If someone's coming to tell you something, to instruct you of something, to teach you something, to heal you of something, to lead you to something better, you don't consult your fallen nature and say, should I listen to them? Do, are, are they worthy of my time or my attention? That's a fallen nature attribute. And if you still have fallen nature attributes shepherding you, into new seasons, you're going the wrong direction. Turn around right away. It's not about how we feel. It's not about who we like or who likes us. It's not about people making us feel warm and fuzzy. It's about us allowing honor to live in our life in such a place that we can be shepherded and led and healed and taught the things that we need. Because guess what? The Lord is administering those things through his people. But if we have an honor problem... If we have an honor problem, we have a receiving problem. If we have a receiving problem, we have a faith and a believing problem. I don't know how many times as a pastor I hear people say, well, I left that church because that pastor wasn't teaching me nothing. I left that church because the leaders weren't leading me anywhere. I left this and I left that and I didn't do that and I didn't like that doctor. I got a new one because he, and I got a new teacher because this, not, 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 not. You know what I hear? You got an honor problem. You got an honor problem. 
Let's turn to Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. We're going to read that today. Mark chapter 6, 1 through 6. And this is an area of scripture where the Lord actually went to his hometown. Now, Jesus went many different places. But this time, in this set of scripture, he went to his hometown where people knew him, where they saw him playing after school, playing in the street, hanging out with his family, like this is his hometown. So let's pick it up and let's read it in the New King James. It says, then he went out from there and came to his own country and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue and many hearing him were astonished saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him? that such mighty works are performed by his hands. Is this not the carpenter's son, son of Mary, and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and, a, uh, and, and um, Judas and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. How? He could do no mighty works. Uh, no, now he could do no mighty works there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief that he went about the villages in a circuit and he just taught there. What's great is that they didn't just name his mama. They named all his brothers. And they were like, and we know his sisters. And you know what's interesting? They were doing it in front of his disciples. Because that's an image that we don't always get or we don't always see. Jesus, with his disciples, who he is discipling and he is leading and they are following him, are here now in his hometown. He's hearing, hearing all his hometown people talk about him in such a negative and just spiteful way. And that's getting on his disciples. It's almost like when you take your kids to a family member's house that you know don't like you. And they start having things to say about what you used to do and what you used to be like. And they just happen to be saying it in front of your kids. And then you got to tell your flesh, flesh, sit down. It's fine. I got this. It was so disrespectful. But Jesus was astonished, not about what they knew about him, that they knew his whole family tree, but he was astonished that they didn't have discernment to be able to realize who he was. And here's the thing is, if you read the end of the scripture, it says that he, a lot of people were not healed. He only laid hands on a few sick people, but he went around teaching. There were people in Jesus' hometown that had needs, y'all. They had issues that needed tissues. They needed healing. They needed salvation. They needed hope. They, needed, they had hopeless situations, you guys. Their families were a mess. There were needs that were in his hometown. We're not trying to say he only healed a few sick people because only a few pe people were sick. No, there was a bunch of people sick, just like every other place that he went. But because there was no honor, they weren't able to receive what they needed. They didn't honor him. Therefore, their doors to be able to receive stayed shut. And when he left, they still had the same needs they had before. They still had the same issues that they had before. They still had the same hurts and the same pains that they had before. But when Jesus left, Jesus, Jesus was fine. 
their lack of honor didn't hurt him. It hurt them. It hurt the people that had the need, that needed him to teach them what they needed to teach them, that needed him to heal them in the way that only he could heal them, that needed him to touch them and, and, and help them and encourage them the only the way that only he could. They still had those needs, but he did not. And so though they were offended because he was and was doing what he, what he was doing and they knew him from back in the day, he left completely full but they remained empty. We don't suffer because of lack of leadership, guys. We don't suffer because of lack of mentors. We don't suffer because of lack of opportunities. We suffer from a lack of honor. We suffer because of a lack of honor. Because our fallen nature says, does that person deserve my respect, my ear, my time? I can do whatever they can do, and I can probably do it better. And that sounds so familiar to me. And when we start doing things that sounds familiar to what Lucifer was thinking in his heart toward God, and when he got demoted the way he got demoted, there is a problem. That means the Holy Spirit, which is the Holy GPS, is saying, turn around, rerouting, rerouting, and you're saying, but I don't think they deserve my rerouting turnaround what makes them so good and so kind whatever and so big and so bad that they get rerouting rerouting and then years later they're trying to figure out why they're in the same place dealing with the same issues looking at the at the bottom of the same ladder because Holy Spirit done rerouted you 3,500 times and you still in the same place, struggling with the same fallen nature that got Lucifer kicked out of the same heaven we on our way to. And you know what's so sad about that? Is that the Lord knows what the Lord knows and he doesn't take those people out of places and positions of influence. Because if you guys know the story, and I don't feel like turning into it only because I don't know where it is, but <laughs> if you guys realize that when Lucifer got kicked out of heaven, his squad went with him. Like, God didn't say, I'm going to spare you guys because I know he was your leader and I did put him in that place of leadership. But you're going to go with him because the cancer that he started in you ain't going to be here in heaven when he leaves. And what I'm realizing is, is that discernment and honor is so close together. Like discernment is needed. Like if you're seeing something in somebody, I don't care what position, I don't care if you're seeing it in me and I'm the pastor of this church. If you're seeing something's not lining up, you better back up because when the demotion happens, you don't want to be a part of that. Lord, I kind of knew it. So that's why I went this way. So go ahead and I'm not in that group over there. Be careful. Be careful. Whoever we take the time to listen to is who we receive from. And who we receive from 
is who we honor. When you give somebody your ear, you're giving somebody your heart, you're giving somebody your time, you're giving somebody your honor. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Only honor can open the door. And I don't know how long or for how many of you that Jesus is still standing at the same door with the same knock because he's so faithful that he decided I'm not going to leave until he, until she opens the door and allows me to come in and sup with them. Allows me to come in and disciple them so that I can tell them that's your fallen nature. Let's not, we don't do that anymore. We don't think those things. That's flesh. That's contrary to where we're going. Those are the things that the Lord sits across the table and he disciples us in. But if we never open that door, we're still stuck and we're still offended. We're still hurt. We're still mad. We're still whatever. We still got a stiff neck. We still got a hard heart. And the Lord is just... And only honor opens the door. So who are the people that God has placed around you? Who have you failed to give your ear, your heart, your time to? Jesus was amazed at how the people of his hometown failed because of who they knew him to be. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, they, maybe they donated their time after school and they saw him playing in the classroom. I don't know. Maybe they saw him. Maybe they thought he was skinny as a child. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is in their mind or in their heart that failed to allow them to move past who they knew him to be. But it sounds like a lot of things that happens with our relatives. Guys, a lot of us aren't the same people we used to be growing up. Why? Because when we be, are born again, we behold, we are a new creature, but they're still calling you Cousin Pookie. You're like, I'm not Cousin Pookie anymore. My name is, I mean, I don't know if some of you guys had nicknames growing up and you're like, do not call me Pang Pang. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But then you go and then your kids are like, pang, pang, mom, what's that all about? Don't ask, don't ask. I keep telling them I'm no longer pang, pang. But Jesus didn't have that problem. They had that problem. We can have our minds made up about somebody to such a point that we miss out on who that person was supposed to be in that set, in that journey of our lives. And Matthew 16, you remember when, when Jesus asked Peter and he says, Jesus, he said, Peter, who do you say that I am? And do you remember instantly Peter began to tell him what other people, well, some say, and then some say, and Jesus was like, mm -mm, no, who do you say? Because who you say that I am to you means everything in the world. Why is there, why is there a difference between us, Christians, and Jehovah Witnesses, who do you say that I am? Why is there a difference between us and Muslims? Who do you say that I am? Why is there a difference between them and who practices or follows Buddha? So who do you say that I am? And so when you answer, answer that question on who you say that Jesus is, that's when we know if he's still there or if he's here at your table and that makes all the difference in the world everything 
people can say, yeah, I'll wear the label of Christian, but Jesus is still saying, but who do you say that I am? Because Christian has been smeared to such a point, diluted to such a point, mixed up, made into a concoction and a mocktail to such a point where Jesus is still saying, who do you say that I am? And that's where I'll know if the door has been opened or not. How many times have we refused to open the door for other people that the Lord is sending across our path to teach, to heal, to lead, to get us to the next level? Do you know that you can't do everything on your own? The Lord hasn't designed us that way. Why is the heart not just being the heart? Because the heart is so important, right? It still has to live in a body. Why is the brain just being a brain by itself? Because it's all about the brain. It still has to be in a body. And everything, everything that the Lord has made is all within the measure of a body. Fitly joined together. Working together. Each one is supplying the other. I'm speaking into you. And then you, I sit down. And then you speak into me. And then I correct you. And then I sit down. And then you correct me. And then I'm feeling something. I'm burdened with something. And then you lay hands. And then you heal me. And then I sit down. I'm strong now. And now you're weak. And then uh, you come up. And then I sit and I lay hands on you. And now you are healed. Each one is supplying the other. But if we don't honor one another, nothing will get done. We don't have a Jesus problem. We don't have a leadership problem. There's no problem with our mamas. There's no problems with our daddy. This problem is with honor. And one of the things that I learned the year my mom passed away is that people are not a promise. You guys, they're a privilege. And what I realized is that the Lord didn't promise me a certain amount of time with my mom, but I was called to honor her for the privilege and the time that I had her. And what I realized is it opened the door to everyone else. I began to lift my head and see everyone else because the moment my mom passed away, I felt empty. And the Lord's like, oh no, lift your head. There's so many other people. And if you don't honor them right now, you're going to be doing the same thing over and over and over again. Look through the scriptures. You tell me one place where there's been a person besides Jesus that's been promised to you. No one. No one. You are not promised to me. I am not promised to you. Therefore, today is a gift and I'm going to honor you for who you are in my life right now. I'm not going to wait until you passed away. I'm not going to wait until you leave. I'm going to honor you for who you are in my life right now because you're not promised to me, but I have the privilege to be able to behold you and withhold you and embrace you as a gift that you are. You are a gift to me and I want to honor you right now. I don't want to leave any time or any chance that I won't get a chance to honor you for who you are and who you've been to my life. There's been countless people, countless people that spoke into my life here at this church and I love you for it. There's been woman after one woman that knows how much I've always longed to have a sister and one by one they've all locked arms with me and saying, I'm your sister, I'm your sister. But it takes honor for me to be able to receive that. That the Lord is saying, I'm sending them and I've connected to your, connected your heart in such a way that I'm administering my love to you, Kaya, through these women that are in this church. Honor them for that. 
when my husband, when my husband honors me as wife, he gets a helpmate that will help him reach the calling in his life. I'll help him meet the standard. I'll help him when he honors me as that. And when I honor my husband as king, priest, and prophet, I get kingship in my life. I get a priest that makes sacrifices and prays for us. When my children honor me as mom, they get my covering, they get my love, they get my nurturing, they get my, t- my lessons and me teaching them when they honor me as that. <clears throat> honor is not for the one being honor. Honored is for us. It's all about we get something when we honor someone as who they are. There's so many people, they have a hard time calling me pastor. It's fine. If you just want Kaya the sister, that's fine. I can be Kaya the sister. But there's a lot of things that you might be missing out on as Kaya the pastor. Because there's an authority and there's a calling on my life. There, I've, been, I've been administered to you, for you, through the Lord. But if there's no honor to receive me as such, it doesn't hurt me. <laughs> it's hurting you. Because there's things that I'm supposed to pour into you, speak over you. There's things that's supposed to be unlocked in your, in, your, in your life and in your heart. But if honor is not there, we're all out here. Do we all out here? And if you would just open the door, we have so much we'd love to give to you today. In Jesus' hometown, it required discernment for people to recognize, yeah, we know. We know we knew him then, but we really need to get to know him now. Yeah, I know the experiences that I had with him then, but I'm going to need some new experiences with him now. And so I don't know if that's any of you in this room that maybe you just know the Jesus that they talk about when your mom drags you to church, like today, like Mother's Day. Maybe it's one day a year. You're like, Mom, I'll come with you. And I don't know who you say that Jesus is, but I want to tell you something today. He's knocking at the door of your heart. And if you would honor him as Jesus, the Messiah, the only one in whom all must be saved, the door will be opened. He'll come in and he'll dine and he'll sup with you. In my closing, Atira, you know, remember after 40 days of fasting and Jesus was fasting for 40 days and for 40 nights, and I don't know how many people have attempted to do that same feat of fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, and I'm not sure. I know there's some people that's been successful, but I have not. I've like passed out almost on the third day. But... <laughs> Do you guys remember that at the end of that 40 days, the scripture says that, and then he hungered, right? And then do you guys remember that um, the enemy came to him and he was tempting him? And do you remember that every time that the enemy would tempt him, the words would be, if you are the son of God, blah, 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 right? And then there will be a different question in a different phrase in a different way, but it will always start with, if you truly are the son of God, then right? But do you realize that each temptation first started with, Jesus, who do you say that you are? If you truly are 
who that you say that you are, then do this, then do that. Which makes me realize that identity is so important. Before Jesus asked Peter, who you say that I am, Jesus answered that question about himself. I know who I am. And because I know who I am, I know what I must do and the things that I don't have to do. Satan, you're telling me if I am who I say that I am, that I should do this. But because I know who I am, I know what I don't have to do. And I don't have to kneel to you because I have identity already within myself. I think being able to honor other people, it starts with you first being able to honor yourself. I think the truth of the matter is that hurt people truly do hurt people. People who are broken truly are create more broken relationships. And Jesus being able to properly answer that question within himself on who he said and who he knew he was, he didn't have to do these things that Satan was trying to get him to do because there was an honor system within himself. And so honor yourself enough to know that you need a savior, that it is not all about you. That you brain, though you may be amazing, you need to be assembled in a body where somebody can pour into you and you can pour into someone else. But honor yourself enough to know that. Because sometimes I feel like the deep calls out, the deep real question is a lot of times people are like, I don't deserve this. Yeah, the Bible's great. God is great, but I'm not. And I think all those amazing things that the Lord has promised all his people, I don't really think I'm worth it. I don't really think I'm worthy. There's a broken honor system within a lot of people. And so starting off with knowing how to honor yourself enough to know what you need is important in order for you to be able to receive and honor other people. Remember Matthew 4 and 11, it says that the, then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Jesus, Jesus, the omniscient, omnipresent Jesus, he sat and he allowed angels to minister to him. You know what a minister, you know what minister means? It means to feed, to dab the wounds, to put sob on it so that it can heal properly. It means to speak over and to pray and to strengthen with their words. And I see my Messiah. I see him in all his glory. He still knew how to sit and allow someone to minister to him. So much strength is in that. And I had a hard time doing that after my mom passed away. I was so broken. I didn't know how to sit and allow people to minister to me. But that's why that inner honor system is so important in order for you to allow others to be honored in your life in such a way that you would allow them to minister to you because the Lord is doing something through them. And for you to reject that, that's you saying, God, I don't need you. 
That's you saying, God, I don't need your people. I don't need your plan. I don't need your strength that you're trying to send me. I don't need your healing. I don't need your teaching. I got it within myself. That's what you're saying. When the Lord is bringing about pastors and teachers and brothers and sisters across your path saying, brother, sister, come, let's journey together. Let's read together. Let's pray together. I got this. I got this. I got this. I got this. Only honor. Honor is the key that unlocks the door to your heart. Hebrews 13 and 17. It says, obey them. Honor them that have the rule over you. Submit yourselves for they watch for your souls and they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. It is, an unpro- it is not unprofitable for them. It's unprofitable for I don't know how many times my mom tried to tell me things and I'd be like, whatever mom, I know, I know, I know, I know, whatever mom, whatever. It wasn't unprofitable for her. It was unprofitable for me. There's people that's been called into your life and guess what? Some of those people that's been called into your life, the moment you reject them time after time, what the beautiful thing is, they're not going anywhere. (laughs) They're not going anywhere. Because some of those people are our moms and our pastors and our leaders. You might leave, but they're not leaving. And they're just like, I'm telling you, Kaya, you do need people. You do need friends, Kaya. You need to open yourself up more. Kaya, I'm telling you. And only honor opens that door to be able to receive that today. And so let's not be a people that are looking for what's next all the time. Let's be a people that's looking right next to us. Saying, how can I honor her? How can I honor her? How can I honor him? Lord, is there anything that you'd have me speak into his life and to her life? Lord, is there anything I have that you've given me that I can give to them? Like, that's what we should be doing. That should be our aim. Because Ephesians 4, it says, we're a body, you guys, and we're fitly joined together. And so if one is lacking, you may not know it, but you're lacking too because we're fitted together. But when we are strong, we're strong together. The vision of being a church not just in the city of Sassoon but for the city of Sassoon comes to fruition when we are supplying one another and we're strong together. When we receive from one another. When we're not just trying to, we're not jealous of this. We're not upset about this. We're not offended about this. But each one is working in their gifts and their strengths and their talent and we're honoring one another for it and we're strengthening one another in the midst of it. All of a sudden the vision, it comes to pass and it comes to pass because of honor so honor the privileges the amount of time that you have with people because it's not promised I'm not promised to you and you're not promised to me but I'm gonna honor you today while I have the opportunity and you do the same everybody receive that today stand to your feet give God some praise (laughs) honor is important to the Lord Honor is important to the Lord. There's a system of honor in the kingdom. 
and it's important that we honor one another. Don't allow people's Don't allow people's strong exterior to tell you that they don't need you to give them to communicate well to them. There's things that they need to hear you say. You might think, oh, he got it all together. She got it all. She doesn't need to hear from little old me. Yes, he and she does because we're connected in that way. So if there, if you see your brother doing something good, you see your sister doing something good or vice versa, speak into their lives because we honor one another. That's the way we honor one another here at the Building Christian Fellowship. We don't honor one another according to our fallen nature. We honor one another according to the spirit that dwells within us richly. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this truth today. We ask, Lord God, that by your spirit, you'll allow it to take deep roots today. God, we want to be changed by your word, not just hearers alone, but God, teach us, help us, reveal to us in ways that we can do your word today. God, activate us today to be able to honor those you've placed around us, to honor them so that they can freely do and be who you've called them to be in our lives. God, we want to be a joy to them who are called to pour into us, a delight. And God, we want to be a delight and a joy to you as you pour into us. Please, Father, forgive us for any time that we've um, neglected or rejected the things that you've been coming to pour into our lives through individuals around us. Forgive us. Forgive us for our lack of discernment. Forgive us for our apathy today. God, we want to be a people that can receive. We don't need a title to be able to pour into somebody's life. And somebody doesn't need a title to to be able to pour into ours. God, we honor one another because that's what you've called us to do. And so, God, we thank you so much for this reminder today. I pray, God, that we be busy about our Father's business today so that you can receive all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen.